Do you want a little help? Don't worry about me. Fighting that little beast made me start thinking about the animals I left behind on the island, and so I let my guard down. Now to fight like I mean it. All right. Baby boys, baby girls, what's good? It's your boy SKIP.88 here from Blurred over here to bring you a very special interview with a pioneer with the architect, one of the strongest blurs in the game. We're going to have this brother right here to introduce himself to us and let him tell a little bit of self about him, and we're going to take it away. Good, sir? It's all on you. Oh, thank you for that intro. I'll try to find out who that is you're talking about. <laughs> this is Hilton George, uh, founder and CEO of BlurredCon, uh, the first con on your 2021 calendar. And I'm looking forward to seeing so many of you guys coming out uh, to this year's con. And a pleasure to hang out with my friends here over at Blurred Over. Thanks for having me, good sir. Oh, good sir. Thank you for uh, for coming on, man. I'm pretty sure you don't remember me, but we met before at MomoCon in 20, was it 2018? We came to your we had we came Lord. to we came to your table. Me he done went to the, yeah. He done went to the odd eight. He done went back to the odd eighteen. Well, pre COVID, I was all foggy before before COVID. I could have mentioned we could have went to Vegas. I don't know. It, it was crazy, crazy times. We was no masking, hanging out, shaking hands. Right, that, you know, but having a good life, you know, before before the pandemic hit. And man, it's just it's just been a whole cluster since the pandemic that came in. So my first question is gonna to be to you. How have you been since the pandemic came into the society and you know, dealing with BlurCon? Well, you know, it's been a, a roller coaster, you know, because we did just like every other convention when when the pandemic crept up on us, you know, it was like this impending thing. You know, we came out in D.C. area, you know, we go to uh, MAGFest in January. Everybody went there. We had our table promoting BlurredCon 2020, handing out flyers, got the DJ, got that little microcosm of the BlurredCon experience happening. Went to KatsuCon, uh, you know, had a really great time there. That was in February of 2020. We just trucking along. You know, people are talking about COVID, but people have talked about stuff before. And we're like, ah, you know, they'll work it out. We got to do what we got to do, but then March hit mm. and boom, you know, everything hit a screeching grinding halt and all of the conventions out there had to uh, contend with the idea of, you know, what do you do if you're not able to happen because of a pandemic? We've, we haven't been through anything like this since 1917. So we don't have any memory of this. There's no, there's nobody alive working in the industry 
that has any memory or any protocols that they're used to having to work through pertaining to a, a pandemic or anything like it. So it was all new for everybody. Mm. You know, so we're working with the hotels. We're working with our city planning. We're working with all of the mayor's office, listening to all the governors talking about what we're going to do. And we get in and boom, you know, we ended up having to cancel Blurred Con and, you know, trying to manage that, uh, you know, for a, a con that had just come out of its third year, a very successful third year uh, with the momentum to make our fourth year just bonkers, you know, to slam the brakes on that in, you know, April and May. Uh, of of the year leading up to it was crazy. You know, we had been to Atlanta, New York, uh, you know, North Carolina, Virginia. You know, we had been all over promoting Blurred Con like we do every year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, slamming the brakes on that is like a semi-truck, you know, trying not to hit a turtle in the middle of the road. It's like, you know, everything has to stop. But we made it through that. And, uh, you know, once we got to the new year after the elections and after all the politics and the craziness of that was concerned. He said, okay, I think we're going to be okay based on the CDC, NIH, and all the projections as far as vaccines, stuff like that, for what we already had set up, which is the weekend of July 16th. And so we just revved the engines back up again. You know, we brought everybody back into the fold. We basically hit pause in 2020. And, you know, everybody came back around, you know, most of the people who bought badges for 2020 rolled those badges over to 2021. Thank you all for your support and your confidence. Vendors, um, you know, everybody, you know, contractors, everybody just kind of picked up and rolled with it. So we're starting that engine back up again, picking it right where we left off, going into, you know, uh, July 16th weekend. And there's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be some protocols in place. There's going to be some innovative you know, layouts and placements and programming that's going to maximize safety. It's going to be innovative and fun. It's going to be seamless. And it's still going to have that signature blurred con feel and, and, and sound and taste that everybody remembers from the previous three years. So we're here. We're excited. The momentum is picking up, man. And, and we're ready to go. Awesome. 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 That's wow. That was a lot. I was like, I'm, I'm so I'm so hyped up. I'm not even there yet. I said July needs to hurry up quick because this would be. <laughs> don't, don't hurry. To, let it, <laughs> I got some planning to do. I don't need to get here too quick. I'm grinding. We grinding. We get. I got all the team is coming together doing their work. Give them a little time. Gotcha. And it's gonna be perfect. I promise. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I'm gonna be patient because you said so. I'm gonna be patient. I'm gonna wait. But when June hit, this one I'm gonna crank back up. I was like, okay, it's getting close to July. You finna be there. <laughs> He told me to calm down. Oh Lord, here we go. He told me to calm down in April, but now it's June, so I can get back. I can give it back. So, and my question is going to be to you: for you being a black content creator and you being the co, you know, CEO and the founder of a predominantly black convention, how hard, how hard has it been for you just to, you know, just to get this from the ground up to where it is now? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, and I think anybody who has uh, has worked a convention or worked to create a convention or bring one about would agree, this is probably as close to the childbirth experience as a man can get. You know, uh, pushing this convention, uh, me and my co-founder, Hassan, 
it's very much like, you know, pushing a child out of your body. You're pushing this child that's con out of your bank account and out of your time and out of your calendar. You know, it has a lot of the same needs. You know, the first, you know, the first con is very, you know, you're trying to keep your balance. We don't know what it's going to be. Trying to get everything set up. You know, you don't know who's coming. You don't know what the crowd is going to be. You don't know what your core audience Mm. is going to be when you do a first year convention, especially a convention with the kind of focus that we had, mm. you know, there, there are, there are a, a plethora of black conventions that focus on black creators, black comic books, black stories, you know, it, there's a lot of those, but for us, it was focusing on the black nerd culture, which is kind of a little nichier, you know, it's got that little bit of adobo on it. You don't know what the flavor, you can taste it, but it's in there. That kind of thing It's a little different. So what that audience was going to look like, we didn't really know. And we did phenomenally well in the first year, uh, as far as first year cons go, uh, probably just under, you know, uh, uh, 3,000 people came or something like that. 16, there's something crazy, like 2,000 people came in our first year, which is more than, than anyone who does cons would say a first year con would do. Exactly. And then the next year we doubled that. And then this, the, the 2019, we doubled it again. And every con hits what's called the breakout year, right? Uh, it's like a like an artist or a rapper. You know, every rapper that gets on on the mic and 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 cuts a platinum record probably was in the street rapping for you know probably did a dozen songs on the street corner before any of them made it to the studio. Thanks. And I think with the con game, it's like you know the conventions come in and they kind of hit their traction, they hit their stride, and they hit this fever pitch of people coming back from the con talking to all their friends. Oh, you should have been there. Oh, it was dope. Oh, it was amazing. Two or three more come with you. And then those two or three tell, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And so I think this last year, 2020 was going to be our breakout year. And now I think the breakout year is going to look a lot like 2021 and definitely 2022, where we really explode as far as attendance, uh, as far as uh, visibility, as far as programming, uh, and and it just really just merges into a, a festival stage. It's going to be really really big. Oh man! He told me not to get excited, so I can't get excited. But I but that was good. Thank you for for telling us that. I'm gonna <laughs> hold myself. Oh man! But that, <laughs> I mean, but you know, God, so many questions. Like, how did you come up with the idea of doing something like this? You want the, the well look, I got I got a long version story of it and a short version. Um, long version, uh I'm I'm, I'm off I'm off work. It's is 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 the it's the three day weekend. I'm good. So take your time. Okay. So <laughs> so uh anybody who knew me in college, if you went to especially if you went to a HBCU, mm. every HBCU has shout out Eagle Land, uh North Carolina Central University, every black college has got at least one low budget puff daddy. The guy that's always throwing the after parties, the guy that's always handing out flyers at the, at homecoming and they they got, you know, funky finger productions is doing a party off off campus, you know, with DJ puffing stuff, you know, fine olives, ladies, pop, you know, all that stuff. I was doing that and I was doing fashion shows and comedy shows and concerts and parties of every stripe and, you know, athletic events, you know, I was working with CIAA and, oh, and all wow. that. So I had this, 
I've always had this mentality of, of events production, promotion, and management. Okay. And uh, I'm, you know, I was I was freshly reintroduced to the convention scene uh, in 2014. So I went uh, to way too many conventions. I mean, I was going to cons everywhere. I went con crazy. I had way too much time and way too much disposable income. And I was out there cosplaying and hanging out and had a really, I was just bathing in, in my nerdiness. Man, and like I was down, like you said, you saw me, you saw me down in, in, in Momocon. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been to Momocon probably five times since, uh, since coming back into the scene. Uh, Dragon Con three times. Um, uh, even did an Afropunk down in Atlanta. Afropunk in Brooklyn. Yeah! Um, New York City Comic Con. You know, we were just going out and just doing all the stuff that, that just, just, you know, we weren't able to do when we were kids. And uh, I was looking out on the audience. I was looking at the attendance and I was seeing all these black people. And I mean, you go to a con. I mean, you, like, again, I'm preaching to the choir. You're right here. You know, you've been to Momocon. You know how many black people go to Momocon. You know how many black people go to uh, New York Comic Con. And, and I mean, definitely Dragon Con. I mean, we're there at all the conventions. Right. And at the time I looked and I, I was looking at all these cons and I was looking at this, this representation gap of, okay, who is on the guest list at these conventions and do they represent me and the cohort of black nerds that are here? And do the panels represent subject matter that is relevant to black nerd experience and black nerd culture? Mm. And I was kind of like, and I, the answer kept coming up, no, or not in balance and not in concert with, with the number. And so I said to myself, I was like, you know, somebody ought to make a convention just for, you know, that flavor, you know, just for that community, just for the black nerd, you know, kind of push. And uh, with no sense of self-preservation at all, I kind of volunteered myself and just leapt into it. And then my, my little, my peanut up here, this peanut right in here started, started pulsating and turning. And I was like, okay, what would I call it? And, oh, you know, when would it be? And where would it be? And, you know, just, just the concept phase started like in 2015. Mm. And I was just picking people's brains and throwing out little, little nubs. And then once I had a concept and an idea and a pitch together, I called my homeboy, Hassan, who's my co-founder, and I pitched him. And, uh, you know, he, you know, he's one, been to law school, super businessman, real estate deals and stuff like that. He's, he's my Dame Dash, you know, he's doing his thing. <laughs> and I was like, look, you know, I got this idea, you know, I know you, you, you don't cosplay and you don't really go to like nerd conventions, but hear me out. Okay. Let me, you know, hear me out. I got something I want to pitch. <laughs> and I threw it out there. I sent him a write-up. I mean, all legit. I sent him a, a packet. You know, I wanted it to be totally business legit and everything. And uh, he was like, yo, man, it sounds dope. Let's work on it. So, you know, we spent a year just putting the, uh, you know, getting the uh, uh, copyrights, getting the logo rights, getting the social media, mm. getting the domain names. You know, incorporation, the LLC, the yellow. In process. Then we started working on designs and putting the website together and putting all that. So that by the time somebody heard the name BlurCon, there was already a site and there was already a Facebook page and an Instagram and a Twitter and, you know, uh, ticketing 
uh, vendor and everything. You know, we didn't want it to be this thing where it just kind of got out, you know, and, and somebody that A, runs away with it, or B, it loses momentum because it's a rumor because we, we, we talked about it before it was ready to go. Right. So remember, this is like, this is like 2015 was a planning phase. We didn't say the word blurred time until one calendar year before the 2017 premiere. And we went to uh, Otakon, had a table set up, promoted it. And that's where we got to see, like, how is the audience going to react to it? I mean, you're sitting at a table with all your blurred con signs and banners and stuff, you know, and people come at the table and interact with you, you can get a sense of what people are expecting and what people are looking for and what people are resonating with, with your convention. And we had the marketer's dream, the marketer's wet dream. You know, people were projecting onto the convention all their hopes and dreams and highest ideals, uh, which is something great for branding if you're like Coca-Cola, right? You know, if you're just making Coke and people drink it, that's what you want. You want a concept drink. But a convention is very specific. And we was like, okay, you know, everybody's kind of got this expectation of what it's going to be, and, and but we can only be one thing, right? So when we had year one, we threw the kitchen sink at, at we threw everything at it because we didn't know what the what we wanted to what was going to be picked up by the audience. So I mean, it's like a like a, a cheesecake factory menu, and everything is on there. Just whatever you want, we got it, you know. And uh, people start picking up on things like the food, the music, you know, the cosplay, you know, the performances, you know, the communal spaces the 24 hour nature of the convention, you know, being around the clock. And, uh, you know, once we started getting that back and forth vibe with the community and what they were looking for in a space that represented them, we had a, a better idea of what to throw away and what to add and what to keep and what to enhance so that people would come out and get something. It's better and better year after year. And, uh, that's kind of where we are right now. We're, we kind of got, kind of got it just right we kind of got it right in the pocket so we're ready to put something really special together for this summer that is awesome and y'all heard it man this and you see everything doesn't happen overnight it takes careful planning careful consideration just to get every right just to get every detail right because y'all see his skin color now if he was to do something if he was to mess up something one time something simple could have easily got counseled. So you have to be very precise and very careful of what you do. Because if you want your dreams to come to life, you gotta you gotta do everything by the book, and you gotta take your time. Patience is the key. Business, business, business. Yes. Oh man, this is awesome. So thank you for sharing that, Nada. Because I know somebody out there is listening to it, and like I'm pretty sure you you sparking something to somebody that wants to do a convention, another black convention, and these tips, this this these gems that you're dropping. You know, this really gonna help somebody out, cause like this is a prime. Nope, nope. Yeah, this 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 is a prime example right here. Like you you see it, and this is like this is gonna be the fourth year for Blurricon. This will be the fourth year. It'll be five years old, but it's only okay. been four runs, obviously, since we missed one year. Yeah, yeah, cause of COVID, whole ass. But um, so man, tell tell us the origin story of Mister Hilton. Like, how did you find out you was you know a, a black nerd? Like, what was your family? Well, well, you know, I was raised on comic books. Okay. I mean, that's kind of, you know, see, comic books, you know, back in the 80s, you got to remember, this is before the internet and digital communication and downloads and that sort of stuff. Right. Anime is a new fandom. Like, anime is really new. I mean, 
you know, again, back when I was in uh, military, uh, you know, middle school and elementary school, only anime you would ever see is if you had a cousin or older brother or somebody who went in the Navy and went overseas to Korea, Japan, something like that. And then they would send those videotapes back to you and you'd be like, oh, okay, my cousin sent me this tape, you know, with just a bunch of, you know, un unsubbed, <laughs> undubbed <laughs> anime that you can't understand because it's not translated. So all you see is like these amazing animated scenes, fight sequences, and in between it's like two, three people yelling at each other. You don't know what she's looking at, but it was dope. You know, so comic books is where I came in because that was tactile. You go to a comic book store, a comic book shop, you know, or you just subscribe and they used to mail it to you back in the day. That was me from like age nine on up was comics. And I just consumed comics. I learned to read on comics. Okay. You know, and and that was the introduction of me to mainstream nerddom. Around that same time, I got into Dungeons and Dragons in elementary school. It was like fourth grade. And, uh, and I was swept up into that. I was like, after that, that took over my world. So I was comic books and, and Dungeons and Dragons was where you would find me. I was one or two places and that was it. Right. Um, and as a black man or a black kid in the country, because I was down in the South of North Carolina, mm. you know, I, I didn't have any, there was no, you know, like, black nerd fandom it was no blurbs it was me and two or three of my of my cohorts who uh you know maybe two or three of me black but everybody else would be white right and uh it was a rough time man because you know on one hand every nerd has to give up their cool card i mean we accepted that we knew that that was that came with the deal you want to <laughs> play dungeons and dragons and not get no girls and not have no date for the prom and all that stuff you knew that you, it was no surprises there. Right. <laughs> right. But, right. but as a black nerd in the eighties and nineties and, and stuff, you know, a lot of us were forced to also give up our black card. So we had to give up our cool card and our black card because a lot of the stuff that we were doing that is now popular in mainstream nerd fandom right. was considered white. Like, so it was like, Oh, you playing Dungeons and Dragons. Are you, that's that white stuff, you know, or, you know, or you, uh, you, you reading comic books, like comic books, that's not, you know, that's not gangster. That's not, that's not hip. That's not cool. You know, you, that's white stuff. So you, you couldn't be even considered down with black people. So you was too white for the black people, too black for the white people. And you, you kind of had this weird space in the middle. And again, this is before social media. This is before the mass connectivity of the internet. And so there was no place for black nerds to connect and have discussions and, and, or anything like that. You, you were a nerd wherever you were and you were connected to other nerds that lived near you, went to your school or whatever, whatever. And it was no huge expansive con scene. And, you know, it was a very individual type of a thing. And, uh, you know, this is before Zelda and final fantasy. So even video games were mainstream. You couldn't even claim that as a nerddom. It was just kind of a thing. I mean, who didn't like video games? Remember it, this is before you had, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you went to the arcade. Who doesn't like an arcade? Hey, what kind man, of a monster are you? <laughs> that you go go to arcade and go, oh, this is whack. Like, come on, if you a kid, come on, get in the arcade, stop tripping. <laughs> so me coming out of that, you know, I I kind of was used to being a nerd and I was used to doing nerd shit and, and hanging out with my nerd friends and and you know, not I 
I was so unpopular in high school. This is, I'm telling you how unknown and how unpopular I was in high school. Uh-oh. My freshman year in high school, they thought I was a foreign exchange student. That's how, that is how unpopular I was. Like, I live around the no. corner from you. Like, where are you from? I mean, that's, I'm telling you, that's how, how, yeah, this, 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 no, it was not happening. So that was where I kind of wow. hit in high school. Okay. I get out of high school and I went in the army four years, came out the army. And that's why I went to college. Now college is where I got cool. Army's kind of where I got cool too, because there was no comic books or no access to nerd fandom when I was in the military. And not to stop. I'm on base. But thank you for your service. I'm deployed. Thank you for your service. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. But (laughs) I did what they told me to do. That's what I signed up for. So you was like, say what you want. (laughs) I was was voluntold. Yeah. And, um, now, see, once I got out the military and went to college, that's where I got cool. Okay. You know, I was like, oh, wait, you know, I got a little, little muscle on me, you know. I got a couple of years on me, a little more mature. I go to college and like, oh, okay, I am I can be cool. I started throwing parties, started hanging out with DJs, uh, pledged my frat, Alpha Phi Alpha. Uh, oh, God. You know, so I, I, was, I was in a cool cruise mode, man. I was, I'm like, was that nerd stuff a phase? You know, I still liked all the stuff that was happening in the movies. I'm watching Blade like everybody else and, you know, whatever. But I'm not collecting comments. I'm not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Because on the HBCU campus, mm-hmm. there was no nerd scene there either. At all. You know, there wasn't like no, <laughs> there wasn't no anime club or cosplay club or none, none of that stuff. This is still just before the internet really Took off. met with social media. So we still walking up on each other. That's all we were, you know, so... That's where I come from. And it was once I was an adult and came out of college that I re-engaged with my nerddom. And I didn't even know it because I was doing, co- I, like I was the dude, I wasn't cosplaying, but I was the dude that just went too far every Halloween. You know, if people get three, four people say, oh yeah, let's do a certain theme for, you know, Halloween and we all go to the club or we all go to this party or whatever, whatever. And people would wait till the day before run the party city, grab a couple things, throw them on and be like, Ta-da! and right. me, I'd be like a month out with a Dremel and some, some glue and uh, putting some stuff together. And people like, Oh, here he go. Oh, look, he got, he doesn't beat on being extra. We do a mortal combat. <laughs> he got, he, he lighting up and making sound effects and, and doing all, I mean, I was that dude. And then somebody came up to me in a party, a Halloween party said, do you cosplay? And I was like, you know, I wasn't wearing pearls, but I was clutching them. I was like, I don't know what's coming up. And it kind of hit me to, like, I knew that cons existed, but right. I didn't know how robust the convention scene had become, you know, and how prolific they were. And at that time, this 2014, there was a con going on, like, every two weeks within a 50-mile radius of me. Wow. Like, year-round. I'm like, dang, like, hold on, let me check this out. So that's when I got back and did started doing my first cosplay went to uh, MAGFest, which was my first cosplay con experience. Okay. And then I just, I, look, I, I was hitting the 30,000 person cons. I was hitting the library weekend con with 50 people. I was going everywhere, meeting everybody, enjoying the community, basking in the nerd globe. And that's, that's kind of where the story picks up where I'm seeing everybody and okay. thinking about making a blurred con. I didn't, I didn't give myself no vacation time. And this was, you know, I got less than a year coming back into the scene, you know, back to the nerd community, and then I make it work. 
<laughs> I ended up making them my leisure space, <laughs> workspace, and that's just who I am. But yeah, thank you. That's the long story for a short question, hey, but yeah, that's it. This perfect. Hey, it, it, this is about you. I have nothing else to do, but I was finna hang up this interview. You, you pledged what fraternity again? Uh, I have pledged. Oh. <laughs> what? Where's the salt? Where all, that salt? Where all that salt come from? I know. I mean, I, 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 all that shade. Like I said, oh man, I did not know you. I did not know you was D nine. <laughs> hey, look, man. Look, it's awesome. Look, it, where else is the nerd gonna go but Alpha Man? I mean, we got look all the stereotypes lined right up. They're I, like, you a nerd? You study too much? You 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 trying to start a business everywhere you go, you know that's that's the stereotype. That's the stereotype. About. We didn't have, and I'm and so you fall you fall <laughs> right into your personality type. I wouldn't have said it's no Q or no Kappa. And if people been tired of me, quit. Get, get out. <laughs> just, I mean, hey, just, you just not you just ain't gonna fit. <laughs> you could you, you could have came to the Roy in blue and white. Pure white. You could have been a Sigma. Oh, a okay, Sigma okay, all right. You know, you oh, okay. You I you see. You could have got this right now. You could have got that. You could have got that S on your chest. But you know, it, it happens. This happens. You know, I got a couple of alpha friends. You know, <laughs> but Wait, that is look, awesome. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. Everybody got an alpha friend. That's, that's, <laughs> Everybody. That's, that's another thing, right? Everybody got alpha friends somewhere. They they might talk junk in the in the abstract, but deep down to be like, yeah, they cool. They cool. Yeah, they cool. They cool people. <laughs> they all right. Because I know I'm a police officer, and my sergeant, he's an alpha. He's a cool dude. I said, sorry, I would never expect you to be an alpha. And he told he told me the story and everything. I was like, okay, yeah, that does fit you. That that does. That does. What you trying to say? Nothing. I mean, it fits you. But, you know, yep. we all make mistakes. But, you got you to gotta, you gotta find your niche. And it's funny because there's a lot of parallels, you know, in, in what you your college experience and your community mm-hmm. experience is, you know, in, in Alpha, I did a lot of work with community outreach, community service, and that kind of introduced me uh, to that whole world of outreach. You know what I mean? Right. Before you go to – let's, let's, let's just be honest, man. And you know this as a, as a D9 person who went to college. Where did you go undergrad, by the way? Uh, Miles College. Okay. So you before you went to college and before you pledged and before you got your degree, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that was really that interested in anything you had to say. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, one or two, your mom, True. you know, somebody who you owe money, they all want to hear your story. Like, you know, but everybody else is kind of like, you know, whatever. It's like once I put that shirt on, somebody was like, can you come talk to these kids? And or can you come do this service? Or can you come and, and, and you know, work, work this seminar or do this, this, this community service thing? And it was kind of like, like, oh, OK, so I'm getting you know, this, this love and this, this higher expectation because of what I'm wearing, but I'm also responsible and liable for delivering on the promise that's on my shirt. And so it's a very deep parallel between that and, and what I'm doing with BlurCon because, Mm. you know, as it's been so long since I was known as a cosplayer, most people don't even remember, like when they see, like if I post something of me from cosplaying from 2015 and 14 and 16, people like, you was cosplaying, like, see, that's how I go, uh-huh. you know. But now I'm representing BlurredCon and the team of people that come together to make BlurredCon happen every year, and you know, kind of being the forward-facing entity 
of a larger group that that is delivering this uh, experience to people. And I'll tell you, it's like, yeah, this is the kind of conversations that I'm used to having where people in the nerd community are talking about community issues within the black community, within the black nerd community, within the geek community, and within the human and American community. Right. Uh, Because everything is is universal. Everything is effective. Everything is touched by everybody one way or another. And so I'll be on an interview like this and somebody start asking me about, you know, nuclear power plants and, and, you know, (laughs) Jim Crow policies in Georgia. And I'll be like, Oh snap. Like this comes full circle, you know, and it's, this is how it works, man. You know, you got that responsibility. You got to wear it. It, it. It does. And like somebody, I mean, you play like, let me see, what year did you play as your fraternity? No, this was uh, 97 when I crossed. Okay. Yeah. So back then it was like Greek life was real, you know, had that brother and sister bond. It, did, it didn't matter what organization you pledged at the end of the day, all of us were still brother and sisters. This week, and even though we wore different colors and, for you, because, you know, Alpha Phi Alpha, for many of y'all don't know, Alpha Phi Alpha was the first black Greek fraternity of all black Greeks. And, of course, you had Martin Luther King. Um, who, 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 God. It was so many It was so many well-known black activists, part of Alpha Phi Alpha. It's, it's the list. But the list The list is scary, man. It, like it when you, If you go from MLK, you know, or if you go to W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, the, you know, mm. that whole black intelligentsia mm-hmm. and go forward, you know, the, the, the people whose names, like, that the just drop, it's like, oh, snap. Like, you know, and then once you, the real fun thing, and for those of you in nerd world, or the world that don't really connect what we're talking about, I apologize. Greek this one, is a, yeah. a rabbit hole we're going down, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's cool, is that, you know, there are so many people who have, you know, pledged various fraternities and sororities, mm-hmm. and the connection, the interconnection of that experience is something that, you know, we can all relate to. And I think that, you know, there is a, a, a family bond that comes along with that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people's first time being in and being a member of an organization mm-hmm. that is larger than themselves. And, and you don't get that at a job, you know, you don't get that you know, in a day-to-day life, you know, you don't even get that when you do that fake representation, like, you know, like all the people back in the nineties, that was rocking rough rider gear. Like, you know, you ain't in the rough riders, right? You went and bought a bunch of the gear to show your, your fandom, but ain't nobody at rough rider headquarters calling you, telling you to come ride out with them or nothing like that. Right. Right. So this was like the first time for a lot of people to really get out there and, you know, do service and experience brotherhood and sisterhood. And those lessons, you know, really do come into play mm-hmm. when you are working within the geek community and a newly forming community in the black nerd community. Black nerd community is not either. It's not monolithic. It is not uh, completely crystallized yet. Right. It's still coming together. You know, it's, it's, it was, it was in its nascent phases in the, in the early two tens and didn't even have a name. And we're still having debates. There's still black nerds that aren't necessarily interested in attaching their blackness to their nerd. Right. You know, I meet people every day and God bless them. What you do with your blackness is up to you. It's your choice, your right. And I don't judge. Right. But there are people who say, you know, I would I for me would rather not attach my black experience to my nerd experience Mm -hmm. because I want to just exist in the larger meta geek world and, and not really be 
maybe may see it as pinned down or narrowed down or singled out, whatever the term is. Uh, but we're still having that back and forth, right? You know, right. Uh, in the community, with people who are like, "Why do we have a community?" Like, <laughs> like the fact that we're having this debate lets you is evidence enough that we should have at least a community. You know, right. wherever you are on the spectrum, just we all own the boat. You know, we own we own the same boat. Is exactly. that just on different ends? Of, <laughs> you know? So it's really interesting uh, to see that as we explore. And, and as the community grows around us, again, we didn't make the community. BlurCon did not create the black nerd community. The black community and the black nerd community already existed. Mm-hmm. This is just a place where a, a singularity, a large majority of the black nerds in the community want to come and, and just have that singular signature identity blowout. And if we can provide that, then... You know, it's it's met its mission. That's the goal. Right. We and we doing our job. We are doing our job. And this and for some of y'all don't know, like he's a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Their colors are black and old gold. I'm a member of the greatest world fraternity organization in the world. Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Our colors are blue, warrior blue and pure white. Then you have the women of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Their colors are pink and green. Delta Sigma Theta, red and white. Kappa Alpha Psi, red and white. Omega Psi Phi, purple and gold. And um, the um, Iotas, brown and gold. And the Sigma Gamma Rose, blue and gold. So those are, yeah, those are our all degrees. And each fraternity has a particular different purpose, motto, uh, philosophy. But it's all under the common goal of, you know, uniting the black, the blackhood inside our community. That's what it really was based on. And... For some of y'all who don't know what HBCU stands for, it stands for Historically Black Colleges Universities. So just want to put that out there as well. Because like, what is HBCU? You just fit, you just figured it out. Yeah, we 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 blew right by that. You know, what? <laughs> we got to tell people sometimes you forget that everybody don't like what the hell are you talking about? Uh, what is HBC like? <laughs> like is that, is that a thing? Yeah, it, it, it's a that, thing. A, that a government government office? I'm going to run. I'm run by the HBCU and get me some right. Get my paperwork straight up. They probably got. They still got my stimulus in there. No, they no. They no, they, they don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do not have. Don't go there looking. It ain't coming. Right. <laughs> They probably won't take it this donate it. But um my next question is gonna be to you. Since you said what you said about, you know, how there's a community now of the black geeks called blurs, how do you feel about the word and the term blurred? Well, obviously I love it. Um, but uh, as you heard me mention before, you know, everybody's kind of got a different relationship to the word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, there was a lot of consternation around what a black nerd space should look like mm-hmm. and who should be included, i.e. who's invited to the cookout <laughs> type of a thing. And, you know, I, I think that there are people in different, different, you know, ranges on the spectrum of opinion, uh, but it, it is a needle to thread. You know, the, the black nerd community is inclusive for one. That's a very important thing because, you know, we're all at the end of the day, we all kind of like the same geek stuff. Kind of, you know, the, yeah. the black geeks have a different experience as black nerds, both with the the black community and our relationship to it and the larger geek community that includes, you know, white people and non-black POCs, et cetera, et cetera. 
you know, and that, that unique experience is kind of what we're celebrating, right? Right. But that doesn't mean we don't like Dragon Ball and we don't like, you know, comic books and we don't like sci-fi. You know, we don't have any predilections one way or another because we're black nerds. It's just a basic where we're from and what, where did we, how did we get to this, this place in the geek space, right? Some people think that it should be an exclusive space where only black nerds attend and participate and staff and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I push back against that because we're all intersectional. Right. Um, part of the, the, the word intersectional means that we've got black nerds in every community, like every community and every facet of the larger, wider geekdom has black nerds in it. That sounds crazy to say, but think about it. So there is the stereotypical quintessential black nerd. I am a black man who is a nerd, black nerd, da, 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 boom, great. Oh, All right. But know. I am also a black nerd who is a veteran. I have a certain experience that, you know, and there's some, I, and I speak more to the people who are currently in the military who are, who are nerds, you know, that, that don't get much of an opportunity, as I stated before, to, to express their geekdom because of the nature of where they're stationed or, you know, where they can store stuff and their budgets and all this sort of stuff. There are disabled black nerds. There are black nerds in the H, the LGBTQ community. There are mm -hmm. Latino black nerds. There are Asian mm. black nerds. Mm. Uh, there are mixed white, you know, and black black nerds. You know, so there are, there are so many of us that have one foot in two different worlds, right. two different realms, but we're still attached to the black nerd experience in the black nerd world. And therefore the convention should reflect resources and experiences and openness and rules that welcome people from all of those different sectors so that we can speak to the black nerd who may be gay or queer or lesbian or bi or non-binary because that's we're there too. Right Thanks. now, if we're going to open up the panel discussion subject matter to encompass LGBTQ uh, uh, subject matter, right? Right. Then that means that you know someone who's not a blurred who'd like to come to BlurredCon now has something that they can identify with in BlurredCon, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the intersection. We all have non-black friends. Some of us have a majority of non-black friends within right. our geek community, our geek friends, right? Right. We get together and we play D and D, or we play, you know, uh, on our PS5s, and you know, we, you know, whatever it is we do, and we would love for our our non-black friends to come with us to our black space and experience the culture, who we are, right, and our culture, right. and share that with them, right, right. So like you can, I could be the ambassador of blackness to your white space and be effective in that, but I'd certainly like to invite you into the black space and say, yeah, well, this is. You know, look at all the dopeness. You think I'm dope. Look at this dude. Right. You know, you think you like what I do over here. Well, look, at look, check this out. It's like, a, you know, we we would be as open and as welcoming as a Mexican restaurant or uh, an Indian restaurant or a Jamaican restaurant. You know, nobody walks into a Jamaican restaurant and sees a non-Jamaican sitting eating jerk chicken and go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm here for the chicken. What are you here for? I get it. Duh. Like, come on. Right. Right. So experiencing this, this, this authentic space mm -hmm. is something that we should all be comfortable in sharing and expressing because it's us. Right. And it's ours. Right. 
and we should be in a position as the the arbiters of this community and to a a larger degree as i was saying that the community is helping us you know kind of shape the convention so as an arbiter of the content as an attendee as a member of the community you know we should be a part of that transaction i agree you know if you're going to get introduced to go-go music i want to be the one to introduce you to go-go music at my con so i can take because i know the history of go-go music and if you just hear it on the radio or if your homeboy plays it at, at the house party you know you're not gonna have no context and you're not gonna make the connections but when i tell you about you know the connection of go-go and the roots in dc and you know the bands that has come through and how it's influenced music in general and all this stuff and you go oh snap you know that's a valuable interaction mm -hmm. and we have those everywhere we go you know we have them at work we have them at church we have them on dates we have them when we go to the bar why not have it in the con space i mean yeah so makes sense yeah so that's that's where that's the kind of of, of experience that that we wanted to create but more important than that, and this is the funny, <laughs> the thing I had to learn, the funny thing I had to learn uh, as a con runner is that I went in thinking that I was going to have to micromanage the con. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm walking through the space and I'm like, okay, over there, people are going to start talking about this. And over there, they're going to sit and they're going to drink water and they're going to do this. And, it, and I was kind of like putting all this energy into all of these things that I thought were going to be amazing choreographed experiences for everybody. Like I was some kind of a Willy Wonka that was going to walk <laughs> you through the chocolate factory. Whereas... I have discovered that all we need to do as a con running group is create the space that the people come into and let them handle the interaction, let them handle the engagement, right? Let them have the conversations and the dialogues and the experiences and make their own connections. You know, let's, let's just focus on, you know, taking every moment in time that we can and attaching an emotion to that, that time so that nobody will ever forget it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the secret to memory. You take a moment in time, attach emotion to it. You will never forget it. It'll be burned into your memory. So if you're out there on the food truck lot and you're about to bite into a rib and you look up and see your homeboy or your homegirl you haven't seen and since the last con and then Frankie Beverly and Mays comes on the DJ loudspeaker hey. and you bite into some of the best barbecue you ever have, you'll go to your grave remembering that 30 second memory right and you you were that would be right where you somebody say blur con rib frankie beverly my man chauncey what's up <laughs> <laughs> i said chauncey because ain't nobody named chauncey, chauncey so i won't offend nobody actually <laughs> i do know I, knew, I know two people to name chauncey that is amazing that's like your name well is i apologize to them <laughs> for using their name and making it look like they hang around the rib truck trying to hang out with folks in the middle of the food truck line. That's not what I intended, no, sirs. No, you, you're right, because they actually <laughs> fat. They do like to hang around food trucks. But that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> he going to kill me for that. I know he is. <laughs> oh, man, this is awesome. Everybody, welcome to this awesome interview. We have the pioneer, the founder, the CEO of BlurCon, Mr. Hilton. So welcome. And if you have questions for him, let's put the questions in important right in the question box right here with the question mark in the cartoon bubble and we're gonna try our best to answer the questions and please i know because i got the founder here on blur gun i know it's gonna be a thousand and one questions so i'm gonna try my best to get to all of them it's, it's probably going, not gonna happen but i'm gonna try my best y'all give give me a give me a chance please <laughs> please so my next question is going to be to you <clears throat> i know yeah i know you've been on you know You've been busy with Blurcon and everything, but 
take the time out being on social media and everything. Have you been seeing like the attack on black female cosplayers, black male cosplayers by people, you know, that's non POC saying, no, this person is not black. This person, you really can't be this because this person don't have dark skin. Have you been seeing up like all of that negativity, all that stupid stuff people be saying? That is always been there it flares up in individual instances that you know somebody will it'll happen and they'll screenshot it and they'll put it into you know a poc you know chat group or mm-hmm. a facebook group and we we all get to kind of come together and you know jump on it but it's all it's constant you know for every one of those that you see and that may happen once a week or twice a week on social media there's 10 you didn't see and you know this it's a very destructive and demoralizing uh, practice of gatekeeping that uh, the non-black nerd community has not evolved out of. And I think that the, the, the thing we have to remember is that there are people who are very comfortable being in the majority and having have always been in the majority in geek spaces. And they are not conscious of other people, and I'm using air quotes, other Mm -hmm. people coming into that space and being seen on par with their fandom. And, you know, the challenge that we run into with geek spaces is that there is a quadrant of the geek community in general that is very cordoned off, you know, very insulated, you know, uh, within their friend circle and their social circles. Everybody may be from where they're from or look like they look and all this stuff. And if you don't live in like a New York or Atlanta or, you know, Chicago or some major, you know, diversity soup city, you know, it's very easy to get insulated in these places. And it's not something that takes a whole lot of effort to do. Right. So you got people who may have never seen a black cosplayer in, in, in online or in person. And so they, they focus on, you know, Hey, that's mine. You know, the way they see it is that you came into my space and you took, one of my comics and you took it out to Mylar and you're over there reading it, you know saying, right. I'm, I'm going to tell you all the reasons why you don't deserve to have that because it's mine. Mm. And it's very <laughs> selfish. It's very, uh, you know, there's, there are folks that just have not evolved to understand what their words mean and are not introspective enough to understand what you like, what the words mean. But they also don't know that, why did I say that? Like, what is it about me that made me feel like it was okay to say this thing to this other person? Do I need to check myself? We got, you know, as an adult, once you learn to do that, that's something you got to do every day. And we have to, if, if you're not going to check you, we are going to check you. And, and here's, the, here's the funny thing. And this is why anyone who's a non-black POC or, or white or whatever, you should have, Black nerds do not have the numbers or the power to kick you out of any geek space. <laughs> okay. So you do not need to feel threatened. If you said something and you got chin checked, it's, 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 it's going to hit you in your, in your gills, but it's not, <laughs> you know, destructive. Okay. Thanks. And the way, the way that it needs to be observed is that like, dang, you know, if that, if somebody said something about me to hurt my feelings, why did that hurt me? Why did I take that person? Right. And why, you know, do that self-evaluation. Now, the challenge has always been the fact that, you know, 
especially in anime. Anime has really been just like the, the hardest to integrate because it's all coming from Japan. Right. Right. Which is a pretty homogenous country, a pretty homogenous culture to begin with. And so the characters, you know, they all look kind of like how anime and manga characters look. And even if you find uh, some black or brown skinned characters that are outwardly presenting as black, you're not necessarily getting a black narrative from those characters. Right. They, they just so happen to have cornrows, brown skin, and maybe bigger lips than Yamcha. You know, this, <laughs> this, yes, that, and, and we project onto those characters all these black attributes, and we still celebrate, yay, they got a black character on Naruto. And I'm like, do they? Do they really? <laughs> Like, do they, you know, I mean, it's okay. He's not white, but he's not from Detroit. And we're not, we're not, we're not learning about the struggles of a Detroit black man that went to Japan mm -hmm. and learned, you know, master Kung Fu. And now is a part of the, you know, we're not getting that. And so the ownership that is often taken by the majority people in the, in the nerd community is that those people are white. Naruto is white and Goku is white and all this stuff. And Japanese is like, no, no, no. Uh, they're, they're all Asian. We, we made them that way. <laughs> so we might not have all given them the hood over the eyes and the stereotypical Asian look, but right. they belong to us. <laughs> we, you know, so, and so my, my, my story is that that's always going to happen. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do as a black nerd community is that we need to find ways to support one another. It's easy to support black nerd stuff and black nerd cosplays and black nerd people in black nerd spaces, but we need to learn how to come together and support one another in non-black spaces. Cause that is, is the majority of spaces. Most black people do not live, work, exist, party, hang out in majority black spaces. You know, if you live above 120th street in New York, okay, you're maybe you do, but right. everybody else, you know, you get maybe one or two times a year. We're like, Oh, look at all these black people. Like, you know, <laughs> so we need to find ways to go to a white dominated con and have a black nerd photo shoot or communicate and coordinate mm -hmm. with one another and say, Hey, you know what? Even if we're not doing something formal, I, I want to know if 20, black nerds are going to be at New York Comic-Con and I'm going to look for you. You know, so even though I'm driving up on my own and I'm staying in a hotel with my cousin by, by myself, myself and um, I'm going to walk through that gate by myself, mm -hmm. I'm where, text, where are you at? Oh, you over by the, the DC display? Boom, you know, and we make those connections. Joe, that cosplay is dope. What did you do there? Oh, da, da, da. You know, those types of connections, they don't seem like they mean a lot but they mean a lot because there's a lot of us that are introverts, a lot of us that are not really great in crowds, but we love the nerd space so much that we suck that anxiety down of walking into a crowd of 250,000 people yeah. wearing something that we worked on <laughs> with our own hands and hope that, that, you know, we get some level of acceptance or some level of connection with people who might be as, as big a fans of these characters as we are. That's what we do it for. Right. That is so true. if we can support that and if we can connect, you know, and I'm seeing it and I think BlurCon is partly responsible for some of it. I'd like to see more of it. So when that one person comes up and goes, you know, 
Professor X is not black. I'm not sure what you were going for here. And you do the eye roll just like you do. <laughs> this will be one. It'll just be one negative comment out of 50 positive ones because your people are with you. Exactly. Or, you know, your person is with you. And, you know, if you ha if you are, somebody does hit you with some negativity, you can wash it away or spit it out with some with some positivity. Exactly. You know, and that's what we should do as a community. Exactly. That's what we need to do. And, like, this this is why I made Blurred Over for a platform like that, because everybody needs to have the idea shown to the world, like, like you said, for introverts, because it's walking to a room with that many people, that is actually terrifying for them. That is like, that's like the most horrifying thing they could go through. But just to go to like BlurCon and to be accepted, to have people look at you, it's like, you did a good job on that cosplay. How did you make this? Where can I follow you? Are you on Instagram? Do you play video games? That is a life changing experience for anybody. So now they have the self-confidence. They have the belief in themselves like, okay. I'm accepted. I could actually do this. I actually found a group of people who look like me and you loves everything about this culture. So I'm accepted. So why should I worry? Why should I have any threat? Why should I have any doubt about myself? If like, I don't like, like, I don't like, let's say we in the same room. I don't know you. You don't know me, but you come up, but you come up to me and say, bro, I love that. Let me take a picture with you. I was like, damn, I, but it didn't do much. Yeah. But you want a picture with me? You sure? You positive? Ain't nobody me? behind me. Okay, but me. All right, let, let, let's, <laughs> right. Let's take it. Let's take it. And then that's the connection. That's the that's one of the memories that you want to have at any convention. And listen, man, I got to I got to tell you to your point, and um, it, this is, you know, we talk about the spectrum of the black nerd experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in Harlem at a convention. I was on a panel. And somebody was talking about, um, you know, they were like, really like, yeah, you know, the just really rah rah about like make it make your con as black as you possibly can, and and this is it. And I had to kind of dial it back and say, well, remember, you know, you're in a privileged position. You know, you live in Harlem, ostensibly New York, where if you've been here your whole life, you probably never wanted to, you know, like. You never wanted for black interaction in your nerd space. Like you were already, you know, uh, you know, familiar with the idea of connecting your blackness with your nerdness. You know, if you want to go to an all black comic book shop, there's three, four of them in Harlem and New York. If you wanted to go to, you know, black focused, you know, nerd conferences and conventions and stuff like that, there's a lot of that happening. But there's also black nerds that are coming from places <clears throat> like, like Ames, Iowa, or Sanford, North Carolina, mm. who may have never seen more than four black cosplayers standing in the same room. Speak on it. And they are, you know, like, whoa, you know, so these two black nerds, you know, who come from these different spectrums of the black nerd experience need to be able to come into a place like BlurredCon and be able to connect and share and, 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 and kind of build out that vibe and that connection. Right. And so there's a lot of crying there's a lot of crying at BlurredCon. I like the, you know, a good crying, you know, but it's, it's overwhelming for a lot of black nerds who may have spent their entire lives being the one black person or never having their blackness validated in the geek space, being able to see all of these 
you know, people in beautiful costumes, because BlurCon's got an amazing cosplay roster. These guys bring, I mean, the cosplay game at BlurCon is top notch. I mean, folks really, really dial it up. Man, what? And it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> And it's 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 amazing and it's creative and it's eclectic and and so it it really affects people, you know, and every year, myself included, you know, I, I run into somebody or somebody tells me a story and I look, I had thug Negroes from the Bronx crying on my shoulder like like their mama just hit him <laughs> with a shoe. Like it's, yeah! it can be just that <laughs> it's and it's it's that emotional in some spaces. <laughs> And I love it, you know, because I'm like, you know, I'm, I I got a brother standing here crying in, in my face, you know, because he's just having such a great emotional, positive experience. If this brother had gotten shot and was coming to me and what he thought was his last breath, he wouldn't be crying. He's that kind of tough dude. Like, these monsters shot me, avenge me, brother. You know, it would have been like, so, you know, and here we are in this vulnerable space where we're open and and we're accepting and you know we're we're just like all the walls come down and we're just like i get it like i totally understand where where you're coming i know where those tears are coming from Mm -hmm. mine are coming from the same place Mm -hmm. for all the reasons that you just put out there Mm. facts yeah man because it it hits on because man being i don't want to get in my my stool but i agree with you but yeah it's this is really powerful so th- thank you for coming on for us for saying this great knowledge man this is this is awesome you are actually changing somebody's life right now and they not even that blur con yet i still can't get excited yet because he told me to come down so I gotta come down. So <laughs> we have a question for you sir it's from real woman of cosplay and this is her question can y'all can y'all see the question I can see part of it. I'm sure you can see more of it than I can, but you can manipulate it. So I see the, the first half of it, but then it's dot, dot, dot. Do you see the dot, dot, dot? Can you? I, uh, so if you read it off, I'll be able to see, I'll be able to get the question beyond the dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but do you think within the blurdom they only encompass, for example, just anime and comics? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, these are the two you know, and that and video games are like the main thrust, you know, fandoms, mm-hmm. you know, um, it has been an evolution for the convention to build out and develop like our RPG room. So we got a 24 hour RPG room where we have indie game developers and we have proctored tournaments, everything from Dungeons and Dragons to people who are like, I've, I just finished this game. And I'm going to run it with this, these folks. I'll tell you the rules, and they're going to run a couple rounds of the game as a premiere. You know, we're doing giveaways and tournaments and stuff. And, and, and it's a whole room. Like, it's, it's, you know, 800 square feet of nothing but cards and dice and, and paper flying all over the place. <laughs> and if you walk in and you're, not a, and you're not an RPG player, and you walk in and like, it looks like everybody taking the SAT. Like, what is going on? Like, cause it's, you know, cause it's quiet. You know, you, you kind of like, all right, I'm going to pull this card or I'm going to roll this dice and we're going to go here. Right. So it's a pretty subdued space, <laughs> but it's dope because it's like the RPG players are fanatics, just like the video game crew. They will go in that room and they will stay there for hours. I mean, I'm talking cause a campaign, you know, if you plan, if you're doing a dungeon or if you're playing a game that, that does a, you know, long form arc, you like, Three hours ain't nothing on a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon. 
I mean, that's, that's just how that works. And remember, it's around the clock. Blurred time is around the clock. So the only thing we stop on a clock are the uh, administrative functions like registration and okay. stuff like that that's at certain hours. Uh, but, you know, the video arcade, the tabletop gaming room, the anime screening room, uh, you know, the DJs. I mean, it, it's going to run around the clock. Don't don't come to BlurredCon waiting for us to tell you when to speak because it's not going to happen. You know, you're going to – it's like a cruise ship. You get you, – you know, if you don't take your own self to sleep, it's you're going to be walking around that boat like, like a oh, zombie. there's something else going on. <laughs> Look at it. Right, exactly. So building out that has been very important to me because, again, it's all about representation. Right. You know, we're everywhere. And some, you got to be a little bit more hands-on. Like I have to, I have to really talk to the head of a local community of RPG players to get them to the con who have the full intention of populating that space because maybe they're not used to going to cons and having that space. So I have to go tell them, I got to go get them. Um, same thing with, um, you know, some of the indie game developers. Indie game developers just don't run around with hard drives under their arms and just like showing up at times like, hey, you know, I got this new game. Can I set up a table? No, you got to call and and talk to associations and talk to development houses and publishers and studios and say, hey, you know, we got a space for this. And, and then they'll come out three, four, five at a time. So building all of that out is really a challenge. But we've we've done so much better with it in the last three years that, uh, you know, Everything from the Maid Cafe to the anime screening room, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's very little we're not doing. I got to tell you, the only thing we are not probably going to ever do, like do, is like the professional wrestling ring. It's the liability and the space requirements for something like that. Like, yeah, you ever think you might do professional wrestling? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you know, United... <laughs> United Healthcare and, you know, Corona still uh, out insurance. Here. And yeah, the liability, people jumping around doing head slams, you know, that, that's, that's, I can't tell nobody's mom. Craig got into the ring because he thought it was funny. And Mr. Hill to come that's out. why his arm fell off. How, how you doing, ma'am? <laughs> Did your baby have one eye before he came? Okay, shit. So what happened here? Um, so before you see him, <laughs> yeah, that. So yeah, I understand it. I, 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 I understand yes, mom. It. But I, I, I'm telling you, mom, I want you to calm down before I tell you what happened. <laughs> I just need you. <laughs> just, <laughs> if you can calm down beforehand, then you, then I'll tell you. Right. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. It was kind of all my fault. But that's besides the point. I had a great time. We can come back next year. <laughs> Do you know what a pile driver is? Like. <laughs> Right. It's a really great move, but he's eight. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, we're going to be on Dateline. <laughs> uh-huh. Blur con. Chris Hansen. I'm like, oh, shit. Let me go ahead. Hit. Back up. Let's go. Come on. Chris Hansen. Hit. Nope. We ain't got time. Have a seat. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Have a seat. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm like, skip. Nope. Mm-mm. I'm going that way. <laughs> but I had a good time, though. Appreciate you. Ooh, boy. <laughs> But man, this is this is fun. But what, welcome to everybody that's coming in. Um, if y'all got questions, remember put them in the questions box. We're gonna ask them to our ability. Um, my next question is going to be to you. So, <clears throat> give everybody a like a type of vibe or a feeling once they enter BlurredCon. Mm. I, 
Well, one, I think they'll be a little bit different for everybody because everybody is affected by different things about the con. I think the the overwhelming welcoming vibe you get. Again, it's kind of like what I was talking about, you know, the black nerd experience. Mm -hmm. You know, when you walk up to your average convention, you know, most of the people are white from the person checking your badge to the people who are, you know, you're going to go into the space and it's going to be, I'm going to find my people. You know, I know there's some black nerds in here. I just got to get into the con space and I'll move around, you know, geolocate myself by the food court, whatever, and I'll find. But at Blurred Con, it's like your people are like right there. Boom. You know? Um, it's like, uh, okay. Um, warrior falls in black Panther. Okay. When the, when the, when the Royal ship pulls around and T'Challa comes out to fight, you know, to, to, to be the King and the, you know, reaffirm himself as the black Panther. And you see all these black faces dancing up and down the cliffside on either side of the falls singing his name. It's that same type of a feel uh, because, you know, you're seeing so many of your people and any apprehension that a lot of people may have, of, you know, about going into crowded spaces is usually offset by seeing so many familiar bodies, by seeing people that look like me. Uh, it, it really does diffuse any of that initial apprehension that introverts might have in a crowded space. And most people tell me when they walk in the door, first thing you're going to see, you get greetings. There's greetings and blurred concerts, you know, of every age. Say, hey, how you doing? Welcome. How you come on in? You need to check in. Hey, you need to get to the room, blah, blah, blah. There's music playing. I have a DJ like every five feet at BlurredCon. I'm telling you, I, I, music is the, the heartbeat of the convention. Mm. And you're going to be, you're going to be doing this anywhere you stop. This is, this is what's going to happen. I'm actually working on trying to uh, get you know, blurred time soundtrack playing in the bathrooms. I, I want y'all grooving even when y'all sitting on the seat. I want y'all, you know, I want, I want the music to be just everywhere. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then it's just, the space is beautiful. If you go to the blurred time website or the blurred time social media, mm-hmm. and we just did a walkthrough, uh, a virtual w- walkthrough of the space. It's empty to that. show all the rooms and show everything. It's a special place i mean when you walk in it's like very open and airy and you know it's 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 got these beautiful you know you know air sculptures and and stuff it's not like your typical hotel conference space that you feel like you're underground and you got to go down six elevators and, right you know there's no sunlight <laughs> you know you kind of like okay this is like a this big you know thing and everybody can kind of see everybody you're connected to the convention everywhere you are. It's not sectioned off in these little pockets throughout, you know, the space. So that's what people are going to feel when you walk in, you know, it's like, boom, your family, we love you. Um, we may have just met you, but you know, the real key is that when you walk in that door, you're going to feel like, you know, you're part of the community, you're part of the family. And uh, I think that's the signature piece. Everybody tells me like, oh, as soon as I walked in, and I heard the music and I saw these smiling faces, you know, it, it's a mission for us. You know, this is not, this is a different convention than you've ever been to. Mm. If you haven't been to BlurCon, you haven't been to a con like BlurCon. Mm. Oh, I've been to a con. Mm. That no, yes. yes, I promise you. If you haven't been to BlurCon, you have not been to a con like BlurCon. And until you see it, 
you won't know, like, oh my God, what have I been missing? It's a, it's a safe space. You know, there's no judgment. You know, there's no beef. You know, there's everybody's just in love with everybody. I mean, we really, really are in love with each other because every every black person, every black nerd that's on your friends list, half of them are going to be there. And you see them all at once and it's just like, you're real. You know, right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not a bot. <laughs> you're not a Russian bot after all. You're not a troll. I'm so happy. Oh my God. Look at you. Just... My girlfriend who lives all the other side of the country, she's real. No, right. But, you know. She ain't your girlfriend for long. But right, right, right. <laughs> Man, I just. I'm so, ready. Yeah, I'm cool. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I should be hitting that button the whole time doing this whole interview, shouldn't I? Yep, I should have. <laughs> And this is gonna be awesome. He gave y'all like a feel for it. If y'all just listen to his story, and you know, you know, alphas always talk a good talk. They always do. That's one thing about alphas. They know how to give a good speech. They they know how to do that. They know how to do that. <laughs> but man, I gotta put that one on the shield. Yeah. Put that one on the shield. <laughs> but we have another question. That's some D nine talk right there. Some D nine talk, y'all. <laughs> And oh god, for y'all something now, we're gonna break down the D9s later. But we got another question for you. And the question is, what is your biggest pet peeve about putting together BlurCon? That's a really good question. Thank you for that. Um from Groovy. You might have stumped me. <laughs> um I, I don't want to call it a pet peeve because it is truly a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's the truth. Um I would say the, the closest thing to a pet peeve I, I have is a, is more of a challenge than a pet peeve. Um, we all love regular nerd stuff. And it, and it was just like what I said a minute ago, the BlurredCon is kind of a singular event. Right. And it can be very difficult to, 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 to not go back to your default settings because I love all geek stuff. You know what I'm saying? I have white artists that I love and there's, you know, Asian musicians that I love and, you know, DJs and, and you name it. Mm-hmm. And, and guests, you know, potential guests, like celebrities that I love, you know, that, and I'll have some people will call me and say, Oh, Hilton, <laughs> I, I have got a perfect guest for you to con. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, it's Michael B. Jordan. They got Michael B. Jordan. You know, oh. <laughs> I don't know, but, and then it'll be, you know, it'll it'd be like it'd be like a white guy, <laughs> and and I'm like, you know, I everything about this guy I love, and if he is a guest at another con, I would absolutely pay the extra money to go and be in the VIP section, all this stuff. I did it in Philly. I got to meet the uh, the Civil War cast, you know, Chris oh, Evans, wow. Sebastian Stan. I didn't know how much of a fanboy I was until I was sitting six feet from him and I'm screaming up and I'm jumping up and down and screaming like a 12 year old girl with a skint knee. You know, I'm just excited as red, like, Oh my God. You know? Um, and as much, it's like if somebody, and that's the discipline, that's the challenge is, mm-hmm. is remaining pure mm. to the focused mission to the degree that if somebody came to me and said, Hey, Elton, I can get you Chris Evans for, you know, BlurredCon. Yeah, I would have to say no. He would kill me. Like, my heart would would fall out of my chest and disintegrate on the ground to have to say those words. Oh. But I would have to say them. 
Yeah. And and mm. I often I often a really great again, really good, well meaning people sometimes get so excited by just the, the abject enthusiasm they see about the con. Mm-hmm. And if they even come to the convention or have seen it online, the videos and the parties and the, you know, the cosplay and all this stuff, sometimes, you know, people don't even put the blurred black nerd con, blurred con, black nerd convention. Oh, like they miss that. And all they see is this dope convention. And, you know, they'll come to me and they'll, they'll have like all these, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Okay. I was in Jersey and I won't name the con because then I'll be telling them myself. I was at a con in Jersey and one of my boys was was with me. And, well, I met him there and we we're talking and, and he was like, there's someone that I think would be perfect for BlurredCon. It was a vendor. And it, I'm telling you, I've been thinking about this and I'm telling you, it'd be awesome. It'd be a big hit. And he started walking me around the con. I'm thinking it's going to be like this black comic book creator or this this brother that's making you know dope themed t-shirt something you know right and i come around in it and it's and it's this really nice white guy who's who made, and, I'm, and i'm looking around i'm thinking is he behind the white guy is he is, is, is i'm trying to figure out where his brother is that you've been hyping me up about. and i'm like and i'm kind of like you know now let me let me back up and say we do have plenty mm-hmm. of non-black POC and white volunteers and staff and all this. And, and that's, you know, that's not what we're talking about here, but when we're talking about guests right? and we're talking about like focus, you know, abstects of the con, you know, there is a, a, an adherence to the theme that we have to have and it, and it can be a challenge. Uh, but it is just like, those are like, when I'm working with somebody who is, should know what the con is by now, and they just kind of blow it like, blur, <laughs> oh, like yes, it's been two years, and now we're at O. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you for coming. So I think that's probably the closest the closest thing to a pet peeve that I can say I have. Because again, I'm, I I feel like I'm the luckiest man in the world, and I know a lot of people with, with jobs and stuff say that because they go to work and they never work a day in life and all this stuff. But I genuinely love everything that I do in respect to the convention, even the hard stuff, you know, maybe sometimes, especially the hard stuff, because usually the hard stuff is what yields the biggest reward and the biggest payoff. Right. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's for me, you know, there's no part of blurred time that I, I kind of wake up one day and like, Oh, I got to go and do the, Oh, <laughs> You know, or sure wish somebody would get rid of this responsibility. Right. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's tough for me to say that because I, you know, if any job I've had before this or any aspect of life, what's your biggest pet peeve about? Oh man, let sit down. Let me tell you, <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a list. Let's have a Again, talk. <laughs> <laughs> step into my office, please. Keep, keep <laughs> kick your feet up. This is going to be a long story, please. <laughs> get comfortable. <laughs> Oh man, thank you. Thank you, Groovy, for that question. That was an awesome question. Now, my question is gonna to be to you. What was your very first cosplay? Oh man. Um oh, you gotta look for it. Uh oh. I don't have you got, you got this serious. is the this is my uh my uh sub zero. Okay. Right. This is my second cosplay. Okay. It was sub zero. 
my first cosplay was Lord Raiden. And I had taken a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, listen, for, as a cosplayer, I'm not a creator. I'm not a crafter. I don't do modeling, molding, or anything. I am a hack. I'm like a Jawa. I will go in and I will rip apart the tech out of something that already exists and retrofit it to my needs. Right. right? That's who I am. Right. So I had this, uh, this cloak that people might remember from ThinkGeek about six years ago that, you know, when you moved your arms in certain, you know, specific ways, mm-hmm. you know, there was a, a, a uh, Arduino system that was in the front pocket of it that had sound effects and lights and stuff. So I yanked everything out of this, this cloak that I had purchased and I rewired it so that the lights were in the, the, the boonie hat or Lord Raiden, and I put some some black lights in the brim to shine on my eyes with some illegal uh, um, uh, LED uh, contact that they don't sell in this country for good reason. Uh, <laughs> they're not comfortable, I, but the effect is amazing. If you go through my social media, go through my when you're done with this, guys, go to uh, uh, my social media, not BlurCon, my social media here in IG, and you'll see the pictures way, 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 way back. And the eyes glow blue, bright blue, not like that, that, you know, and I also put some, I repositioned the, uh, the tech and I'm getting in the wormhole here. So I apologize going down there like that, but I made, <clears throat> I made it so that I was able to throw lightning and make sound effects and stuff. And all this light would come under the boonie hat and all this noise would come out of this girdle that I had created that I put underneath the circle. People are like, where's the sound coming from? Where's the wires? And I was like, dude, I look like RoboCop behind this thing. And I got, I got electric wires going <laughs> down my back, around my side, down my leg, in my pocket. You know, I got this battery pack sitting in my side pocket that's actually getting hot. You know, it could burn up. But, you know, those kind of wires. Right. So it's the kind of lighting system wiring that you use for motorcycles. So it's insulated and, and all this stuff. But, it, you know, so it's not going to come off easily. And uh, it took like 30 minutes to an hour to get into it. And uh, that was my first cosplay as I, as I went out and, and, you know, it was people like, Oh my God, he's making noise. Oh my God, did you see his eyes and, and all that. And it was really rudimentary. I didn't have all the pieces together. I had just enough to function and do what it did. And that was my first cosplay was Lord Raiden. Uh, Cause I, as far as video games go, that was my first like real cabinet game that I, you know, I used to just get them and just, you know, spend all my money. <laughs> if you you can kill people in this game, right? <laughs> I'm in. You can you can take these spines out. You could blow them up. You could you could do what? one. Of, you could do one of these. Fatality. <laughs> I'm in. You got me. You had me at hello. Then you hear, <laughs> you know on this game Mortal Kombat, you hear stuff like this. You hearing? Finish him. Finish her. Like, dude, I don't know what, what I'm gonna do, but I'm finna do it because that voice is kind of like told me to kill you. I'm sorry, bro, but you gotta be especially if it's my quarter, my quarter. You know, you had your quarters lined up on the on the top of the rim over here, and there's over here, and you fighting somebody who's talking shit. You taking the back? Like, you taking? Oh, the word! Back. You taking right. the back? All but, right. But, but, you know what? Go ahead, break. <laughs> go ahead, break it down to it. Tell tell them about that. But oh wow! <laughs> oh, that's that was it. That was what you did. Going to you talk our, smack, you get up on there like, come on, dude. You go to an arcade, 
you you being the beast at the game. Somebody come up talking smack, you got your quarters lined up. He's like, oh, okay, pick a quarter. Get a quarter, put it inside. Let's see what you're talking about. And you give them the business. Like, you know what? You right. My bad. I messed up. Players messed up too. Like, yeah, don't, 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 don't try me again. But, oh, man. And see, this is before everybody had the games, like, in the house. Like, you had games. Mm-hmm. You had, like, the Nintendos and stuff. But you didn't have Mortal Kombat in your house. So if you wanted to get good, you had to be at the arcade hey. spending money to get better at the game on the console in the game. Like, you had to be there. So there wasn't no playing online and challenging people and all this stuff and paying extra money for mods and, and new skins and <laughs> all this stuff. If you ain't know the move, you ain't know the move. move. That's it. If you and, if you ain't here playing, you don't know how to play. And, and also, if you just walking up going, I wonder what this is, please. And, please join. And also you feel also you also forgot to say this. There's no pausing in the game and say, Oh, let me see if I could do this move. No, sir. No, sir. You finna you finna run these nope. sticks. You finna run these sticks today. You, we ain't doing none of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This is awesome. Let me see if we had a let's go to the question box. See. Hmm. Let's go to your favorite person. He has a question for you. Oh, it's not a oh, it's not a question. He said, Hilton, I thank you for taking it's a, me. It's a declaration. Yeah. He said, Navy Montel, Hilton, I thank you for taking me on as a part of this BlurCon family. That's our Navy Montel. And Montel, for anybody who doesn't know, Montel, Navy Montel, if you saw the name, he's on IG, is the uh the the department head for the tabletop gaming room. So if you're an RPG head, Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, you name it, that's going to be your genie. That's your guy. He's going to be running that room and uh, setting up all the tournaments and all the gameplay. And I mean, he's fantastic. I mean, he's he is a quintessential blurred, and uh, he's been he's been a real great friend to the con, and, and his time and his efforts show in the con. Mm. Outstanding. I had to do that. That was kind of fun. And we got another question. Where can press apply to cover BlurCon? Uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, we have a vetting process through our PR office. All you got to do is send an email with some general, you know, uh, identifying stuff, links to your social media and, and where your articles may be or your blog or your podcast or whatever. You're going to send that to press at blurredcon.com and eventually they're going to get back to you and you might go back and forth a little bit about, you know, who you are and all that stuff. I mean, we're not, you know, vetting you to make sure that you are, you know, with the New York times or anything like that. But as long as you're a legitimate, you know, news outlet or, or blogger or something like that, uh, is really what the vetting process is about. We do a really, really good job. Uh, I think as a community in covering our stuff and, you know, we have a mission at BlurredCon to find unrepresented and underrepresented people in the Blurred community across the board. Mm-hmm. So we have, on one hand, yeah, we want to have, you know, high-end guests, famous, 50 million followers, yada, 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 right. big fan bases. We definitely want that. But at the same time, we have to use our, remember, we're using our platform to elevate, you know, black nerd culture. So there's people who might have a blog that only has a couple hundred followers on Instagram or Twitter. You know, uh, you, you might have just started your YouTube channel, but I mean, as long as you're up and running and you have a functioning platform, it's a good chance 
that you're going to get accepted. I'm not going to tell you everybody is going to get it, but we, we don't hold it against you and say, oh, if you have less than 10,000 subscribers, it's not even worth it. No, because what happens is that that hungry news outlet is going to get out there and they're going to push and they're going to, they're going to promote and they're going to put all the hashtags out there. And if we get 50, 60, 100 of these entities, you know, either streaming, blogging, writing, live streaming, whatever it is that you do, that elevates the con to social media. Like our, our social media presence during our weekend staggers people. There's people I, that I'm affiliated with, like on the other side of my stepmom's family, who be like, dang, BlurredCon was showing up on my news feed. Y'all must be really having a lot of engagements. I'm like, yeah. You know, that hashtag is real powerful on that weekend. Yeah. And it comes from it comes from the people at the grassroots who are there, you know, taking part. And therefore we reap certain rewards from the mission of, you know, taking a, a on more and more press and, and bringing people into the fold. So I encourage you to send that and all your information to press at blurredcon.com and uh you'll be hearing from somebody uh, hopefully within 60 days of the convention. Bet, bet. That's, that's your answer. That is your answer. <clears throat> Another question we got for you from Jasmine. She said, do you cosplay at BlurredCon or are you in your Blurred drip? I don't even know what I'm doing during the weekend. <laughs> I'm definitely not cosplaying. I, I don't do a lot of sleeping, eating, or, uh, you know, you know, anything, you know, hydrating, that's really what I got to focus on. Mm. Um, mm. So I, if I'm lucky, you know, you know, I might wear a blurred con shirt might be the, the most I can really get into because I'm running around, but I'm definitely not cosplaying. It just, you know, there, there may be some casual cosplay I can throw on in the summer that kind of like a shirt combo with a hat that, that just kind of does something. But I'm, it's, it, for me, BlurredCon is uh, Hilton. Can I talk to you for a second weekend? That's because that's my name. My name is not Hilton. It's Hilton. Can I talk to you for a second? Because it's I'm needed <laughs> everywhere, all the time. You know, it's like if I step out into the you know this. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to a convention, mm-hmm. and if I'm you know the the people who are running their departments are in their departments. You know, so programming has got a headquarters. It's a room. It's on the third floor. And you can go there to get something program related handled if you walk in, but they're not roaming around the con, you know, for miscellaneous pro- uh, problems like me and a few other people are. So if I'm running around and I'm the only recognizable face of the con, I might get called over to be on national news because the camera's here or to run some wire <laughs> so that somebody can have electricity you know, in one of the, I need an extension cord. So it could be on any of those things. So I'm never in a position where I'm just kind of like enjoying the convention. Like I'm never in a panel, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to go in and sit in on this panel because it's really something that's near and dear to my heart. No, because if I'm going to come out and there's something going to be on fire, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like when that, that Donald Glover meme where he comes in and you see, He's got the boxes and he looks and the whole room's on fire. That would be what happens if I came out, you know, after an hour being closed off. Where were you? That was this thing. And then that guy, and then the, 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 you know. I mean, they call me. And so, so I had yeah. to go. So, you know, 
I had to. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really get to enjoy BlurredCon. I, you know, I get to, I get moments. Like, like I get little moments where I'm like, oh, okay, I might have a half hour where everything is going smooth, but mostly I'm putting out fire. So I can't really be as much a part of the con as I, I might otherwise like to be if there was another dude doing it and I was just offended. <laughs> Man, this, whew, I gotta, I gotta do this real quick. Go beyond! That's gonna be him twenty four seven. All I can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has been awesome, sir. I really do appreciate you. Thank you for coming on just to talk to somebody like little old me. I really do appreciate it. I really do. This has been very informative, very knowledgeable, and I say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anytime. Are we done? Are we closing out? We, we, well, we, we, we almost done, but before we go, Mr. Hilton, would you like to play a game? Oh, Lord, he put his glasses on. Yeah, I'm in trouble. Let's let's play a game. Let's, let's see what this is about. All right, so I'm, 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 I'm game. Okay, I'm going to break down the games for you. This is what we do at Blurred Over. We have the game Give Me Five. In Give Me Five, I will give you one topic, and in that topic, I will give you, you got to give me Five items related to that one topic. Here's the thing. You cannot say, mm. You cannot say, ah, or do any pause in between. And you have 10 seconds to answer that question. That is, give me five. Lord. The second game is questions, where I will ask you four simple questions. And if you cannot answer those questions, you have to say 90 for a lifeline. I could be a lifeline, or the 16 viewers who's watching this live can be your lifeline. That is questions. Game number three is riddles. It's the same concept as questions. Four riddles, lifeline, me, or the viewers. Game number four, name that tune. I could play any tune from the Golden Girls till Pac-Man, and you will have to tell me that tune. And the, oh. la and the last game is finish the tune where I'm going to play any theme song. And you will have to finish the lyrics in that song. So, Mr. Hilton, Mr. Blurricon, what would you like to play? I like number four. Give me number four. Number I like, I like to I like to pick a tune. Pick a tune. I want to hear the tune. Okay. We're gonna play pick a tune. <clears throat> and to my viewers, you know you cannot help them. I know you want to so bad answer the question, but if you type an answer in the comments, this will happen. A loss. And y'all don't want to do this to, you know, Mr. Hilton, Mr. Blurricon himself. Y'all like him. He's doing a Blurricon for us. So, you know, cheer him on, but you can't help him. All right. Now, <clears throat> in name that tune, you have five categories. When we get to the third one, that's when things become interesting. So, mm, okay. Let's go ahead and get everything set up for Name That Tune. All right. We're going to start off round one. Something easy. Fairly easy. All right. Here we go. All right, 
Mr. Hilton, are you ready for your first tune? I'm ready for my first tune. All right. We on commercial. Why do they put commercials on YouTube now? I never understood that. All right. Here we go. In three, two, one. Name this tune. That sounded familiar, but I didn't get the I didn't get a, a, a enough of a hook to put my brain around. It. Oh man! I play. I give you another. I give you another sample. Another taste. Hmm. Is that Captain Planet? Nope. Ah, oh, I got the first one wrong. Oh, we, oh man, we, we, I'm sorry. Yes, oh, no. I'm going to play it because the, the hook is going to come right now. It was the Care Bears. Dang. Okay. See that? That was like one I did not watch. Oh. I did not watch the Care Bears. You got me on that one. That one, yes, that would have got me kicked off the island. All right, <laughs> we gonna go. We gonna go to the second one. We gonna go to the second one. Are you ready for the tune number two? I, I feel it. I feel the power in number two. This is right. my one. Here, here we, here we go. Here we go. Put this on. Oh man, I thought he gonna get that for sure. All right, here we go. <laughs> you ready for your next tune, sir? Ready for my next time. Here we go. In three, two, one. It's Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> you got that one, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yes, 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 yes. Now... <laughs> Here comes the the interesting part. Now it's starting to get tough. All right. Oh boy. Category number three. Okay. Let's do this. Give me a second, internet bird phone. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ready for your next tone? I am ready.
that too. Mm-hmm. Would you like a clue? I'm tr- I would like a clue. Oh. Yes. Okay, I'll give you a clue. <laughs> Video game. Sonic the Hedgehog? Want to give you clue number two? No. Give me clue number two. <laughs> the name of the game doesn't have anything to do with him. Anybody under fifty is <laughs> like, oh yeah, you took it back to eight bit territory when he, when he, oh man, yes, yes, oh. Nintendo sixty four. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, tune number four. Tune number four. Name. It's Oh, can't pick that one there. Darn. So you doing on YouTube? <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A second commercial. <laughs> Here we go. Name this tune. That was the G.I. Joe theme right there. They kind of had it in this. <laughs> you know, the thing about that theme is that they say G.I. Joe like all the way through. There's very, right. very few places in that in that theme song that you can play a clip where they're not saying G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was a real American hero. G.I. Joe. <laughs> I can't find it. All right. This is going to be the last one. The last one. Name this tune. Hmm. That was tough. I don't have a. I don't. I didn't get any read on that at all. I, I didn't get a beat. I didn't. It seemed like the the intro part of it. Do I get a clue with this one? You want a clue? Yes, a clue, please. Hmm. 
aliens. <laughs> Just you say aliens or alien? Aliens. <laughs> Would you like another tippet? Yeah, give me another one. That, that'll give me a, a triangulation. It, it, it would give you triangulation? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. No. We got one more, one more answer, one more answer. I'm gonna, <clears throat> one more time, one more time. You know, he, he D man, gotta, you gotta look out for D man. So here we go, one more time. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Men in Black. See, that's the theme song. He's playing the score. Everybody ain't heard the score because that's like what comes up with the credits. <laughs> <laughs> when the movie come on, but the but when the song come on, for everybody doing the dance. Yeah, I know, right? It's like that's what I was like. <laughs> now y'all know y'all know in the comments y'all was not supposed to help him. I t I told y'all that now. <laughs> now nah, to be fair, I can't see none of that unless you hit the button and it shows up. So ah, okay, okay. And you know, since he got one, so, right, we gonna do we gonna do one for him. We are gonna do one more so he redeem himself. So. Let's make this a good one. Let's make this a good one. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. I find that's not it. So we're gonna give him we're gonna give him one to you know because he came in swing, you know, he didn't redeem the good name, the house of trades. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the for the bonus one? Bonus. Let's do it. Three, two, one. <laughs> you see, I don't know how old you think I am. <laughs> but for some reason, I know that one. <laughs> That's Greece. <laughs> I'll give it up for Mr. Mr. Hilton. He did an awesome job. He came back. He bounced back strong. He did it. He did it. Well, Mr. Hilton, thank you for coming on, sir. If you would like to take the time to let everybody know where they can find you at, um, where to find BlurCon at, how to get hotels, on rooms, anything, go ahead, pub yourself, sir, and take it away. Okay, so... Remember, BlurredCon 2021 is the weekend of July 16th at the Hyatt Regency Crystal City in Arlington, Virginia, right next to the airport. So if you're flying in, your plane is going to land less than 500 yards from our front entrance. So you definitely want to fly into Reagan National if you're flying in. And I see y'all tickets. Some of y'all are going to have to fly in. I see tickets coming from Chicago, New York, Nevada. So make sure, Reagan National. We don't need to rent a car, don't need to get a cab, there's a shuttle bus. So do that. It's around the clock. From noon Friday to 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, 
We're going to keep going. So if you are waiting for us to tell you when to go to sleep, you are going to be a very, very, very sad camper because we're not going to tell you when to go to sleep. I might not sleep. So we're going to have a big, long, 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 long convention. Uh, you can find us on our social media. BlurredCon.com is our website. BlurredCon, the page on Facebook. BlurredCon, the Facebook group. We even have a BlurredCon 2021 event on Facebook that you can honestly be in. If you are following those, you will get everything first and foremost. We are BlurredCon DC on Twitter. BlurredCon on Instagram. And, uh, you know, we're even on Twitter and on, I mean, uh, uh, um, uh, Twitch and uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, so if you're if you are on our social media, you will get all of our updates, guest announcements, you know, updates on the event. I have got to tell you, you know, there's a lot of people who are nervous about COVID and about you know doing cons and going into crowded spaces. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, that concern is very justified. Right. We are confident that by the middle of July, we are going to be in such a different place as a country as far as infection, as far as hospitalization, and definitely lower death rates, where we're going to be able to come together in places as long as we're wearing masks, as long as we are sanitizing our hands. And to create distance, we are putting some of our clumpy events, parties, uh, some of the concert events, we are putting those outside. Okay, so we got a big, you know, open lot. We got some other venues that we're working on. This innovation that we are working on is actually going to make this an amazing year, and you definitely don't want to miss it. This is going to be the one that people talk about. But make sure you get vaccinated if you can. Mm -hmm. We will have a full mask mandate in effect all throughout the con, inside the building. If you're in the building, you're wearing a mask, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, unless Fauci and, and the CDC comes out in June and for some reason – COVID has been eradicated from the earth and it doesn't exist anymore, which probably ain't going to happen. But we will adjust our policies for safety as we get close. Full weekend badges. Listen to this. Full weekend badges are only 60 bucks, okay, online in advance. So get those. Those are They are flying off of the site. I mean, they are people are buying them up. So make sure you get yours because if you buy at the door, it's going to be more money. Okay, because there's an administrative cost that we got to run through because I got to put people, I got to pay for internet, and I got to rent computers and all that stuff, and I get passed down. Uh, still a very affordable price. Last thing, make your plans now. Uh, it's easier for you to make plans now that you may ultimately decide to cancel closer to the event than to wait all the way up to two weeks or a week before the event and then go, ah, oh, I want to go to BlurredCon, and then you got to scramble and you're going to pay out the butt for a hotel room or, you know, things like that. Uh, we are going to be, uh, you know, making sure that this is the safest environment we can make. The hotel, the city, uh, we are working with to make this a safe environment. Just keep an eye for all the announcements and all the cool stuff we got going. There's so much stuff I really want to tell y'all that I can't because it's not locked in stone, it's not signed for yet. But if y'all had any idea of the stuff that we're going to be doing, both to make the con safe and make it dope at the same time, you'd already be standing over at the Hyatt waiting for us in three months. It's just that dope. Be fixed. So, oh yes, it's going to be crazy. And again, this is our, this is our fourth year, fifth year in existence, fourth run. You're the community and you know, we serve you. And if you've never been to BlurredCon and you've got your vaccinations, bring yourself down. It's going to be insane. And uh, we can't wait to see you. So listen, 
Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure. And I'm looking very much forward uh, to working with you and you, the community, uh, in other venues going forward between now and the con. So hope to see you guys at Blurred Con. If it's not your first, it'll definitely be your best. That was good. That was good. So y'all heard what he said. So get the tickets. And also, if you want to, tell them about the golden ticket, if you don't mind, sir. You know, I got a lot. I can't lie. I can tell you about the golden VIP tickets, but those things are moving so fast. And by the time <laughs> any of y'all make the decision again, they're going to be gone. We only had 250 VIP badges. And I mean, they, they are, they, they're going. And so if you're sitting back, scratching your, your, your chin, wondering whether or not to do it, don't wonder. Cause I mean, I'm going to check the site in five days and they're going to be going. That's how fast they're moving. And I, they're ultimately going to sell out anyway, so I don't have any incentives to hype them up to, to in any disingenuous way. Uh, but if I were you and I was thinking about getting a VIP badge, I would go ahead and do it. We are putting some really cool stuff together for the VIPs. You've seen the run, the walkthrough. It's a great little side of the con that's going to be exclusive to you. Uh, making a VIP experience that is going to be worthwhile and uh, make you want to buy your VIP badge before you leave to go home after this one is our job. But if you want to do that, it's all the same stuff. You go to the website, you go to the show clicks link. It is one of the drop down menus for the badge. There's no special link to the VIP, but again, when they're gone, it's just going to disappear. That's the way the program works. I won't be able to go in and create more of them. <laughs> it's set in stone. This is how many are when they go away. Boop, boop, boop. Boom. It's out. So get them. If you're going to get them. And I promise you, if you do get them, you will not regret it. Big facts. Big facts. Well, sir, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. I cannot wait to be a part of this great community, this this great time we're going to have at BlurCon. So thank you for coming on. Looking forward to seeing you in person, even though you probably going to talk for like five seconds. But it's like, okay, all right, he gone. I, I saw him, though. I saw him. I got my picture, so I'm going to post it. But I run by like, ah! <laughs> but, Baby boys, baby girls, it's your boy, SKIP.88, here from Blur Over, saying thank you for tuning in to this awesome interview. Remember, support your local black content creators, support BlurCon, and you know what I'm going to say, WTW, what's the word, U-N-I-T-Y, what does that spell? Unity, this is how we're going to get the life together. Take care, be blessed, and uh, we're going to see y'all at BlurCon. Peace.